It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry. Hello, this is Pamela Curry, Certified Franchise Consultant and host of the Franchise Business Radio Show. The Franchise Business Radio Show was founded on the mission to have a platform to bring business professionals together to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise ownership. Today on the show, we have Dan Pace, co-founder of First Financial Leasing and Finance. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, Pam. It's a pleasure to be here today. Excited to have you. We've been talking about having you as a guest for a while, so very happy to have you on the show. Dan, actually, he comes to us not only as the co-founder of First Financial Leasing and Finance, but also with over 30 years in the lending industry. Uh, I always think of Dan as having that true passion for entrepreneurship and helping others achieve their dreams of business ownership. Dan and First Financial cut their teeth in the leasing space but now offer a full range of lending products, including SBA, rollover, commercial real estate, and working capital loans. As we all know, when anyone is considering franchise ownership, you need capital and a wise investment strategy to make it happen. For this reason, I asked Dan to be a guest and offer some insight to our listeners who want to understand SBA loans and if this is a possible funding consideration for them. So excited to learn a little bit more from Dan. But before we dive into specifics around SBA loans, Dan, tell us a little bit about First Financial, what you do, and how you help your customers. Oh, okay, Pam, thank you very much. Uh, first and foremost, uh, geez, that 30 years sounded like a really long time. I haven't heard somebody say <laughs> he's been in the industry for 30 years. Oh, I, I, oh, I mean, I'm God. shocked, to be perfectly honest. I'm shocked, but uh, it is true I have been. Uh, first Financial has actually been around for, we're going on uh, 25 years now. And the company, has has been a, a very strong, solid potential uh, partner with a lot of franchises around the country. We specialize in franchise financing, and our main goal is to work with with organizations and coaches. And along with that, First Financial's main goal is to help fund and put entrepreneurs in business. Like I said, we've been doing it for over 25 years. We're, the company itself averages about $150 million a year in funded transactions, not physically approved. Approvals are even more. If I look at a yearly basis on what we have funded from January 1 till December 31st, uh, we're right in that $150 million mark. Uh, just about every year. Uh, I, we believe this year will even be higher. But the company was co-founded with me and Cindy Watson. Uh, we have built it up from four to five employees to now we're probably at around 30 different employees with 
three different locations uh, throughout Florida. And we also have a, a separate entity out of Waco in Dallas, Texas. And the reason we do it that way is it gives us the opportunity to work directly with the franchisors. Uh, they know us, they trust us, and uh, we call it a team team win because once the franchisor understands, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of the franchisee to let us do our job and let them take time to figure out how to run their franchise. Along with that, we also do look at mom and pops. I hate to use that term, but it really is what a mom and pop is. If you're not a franchise, we still will look at you. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I've owned franchises, so I understand the concepts. So if a mom and pop comes to us and, and they they want to do something and we like their we like what they're talking about. We're also going to look at them, but it, it makes up a small percentage of of our business. But I never wanted to tear somebody who doesn't you know may not want to open a franchise. So our goal is to help everyone. We try to approve and close everyone we can. We have one of the highest approval ratios within SBA at 94% of our loans get approved. And of that, 91% of them physically close and fund. So we hold a very, very high expectations for ourselves. And with our SBA knowledge and, and general knowledge of how the government runs, how the programs work, it's a win-win for every franchisee and every mom and pop. And it's a win for us because we can teach people about what SBA is. First Financial is really about that. We educate people. Too many people uh, in the marketplace now don't even understand what an SBA loan is. We'll be going into that in this this. Uh, podcast, but they really don't understand the principles, what's needed to do and how to do it. When a client comes to us via from a coach, via from the franchisor, or just just somebody from advertising, we educate them with all the facets. And then we let them make their decision on how they would like to move forward. So First Financial is not only the, a lender, we're also the, the team player that's there to help them structure and figure out and understand everything about the SBA. Quote, unquote, they need to understand it. And that's a quick scenario of what First Financial is all about. Uh, obviously, I could go into depth uh, for a long time, but we don't have that times available. So I'll leave it at that, and I hope it answers the question. Oh, it definitely does. Fabulous. And and you hit on a lot of points there, obviously, a strong proven track record with First Financial. Uh, something I really like that you pointed out is that it is a team approach. Uh, you know, it's, it's a team approach between you um, helping with the education on finding the best, uh, let's just say, lending strategy, uh, the franchisor, the franchise consultant or business coach like myself, uh, and actually the end customer who is the aspiring entrepreneur. Uh, but you hit on something else here, Dan, that I want to talk about, and that's that a lot of people don't really uh, 
maybe don't fully understand what it, what it is about an SBA loan. So could you talk to us a little bit about what makes an, an SBA loan an attractive option for financing a business? Certainly. That's a very good question. It's a little bit of a lengthy question, so <clears throat> I have to clear my throat on it. But uh, <laughs> first and foremost, you have to understand the basic of an SBA. Most clients that call me think that the money comes from the federal government, and that's who's funding their loans. So one of the first things I try to educate, and all my staff does, is that the government is not giving you any money, uh, not in the particular loans that we're going to be talking about. Uh, they're just the, the guarantors of the loan for the client. In other words, the federal government comes back to us when we are approving a loan, and we know that we're going to get a guarantee from them if somewhere along the line, somebody ceases to exist. And that's the, that's the key to it. That's all the SBA does for us uh, is that guarantee. With that being said, that's why it's such a good model for people who in a series of different things, want to open up a startup business, want to buy an existing business, want to expand or open bigger territories, or want to go out and get a whole new different franchise. The SBA has been out there helping people for, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I can't even give a date. I would have to say over a hundred years. <laughs> I least. think it's beyond it's beyond our twenty five thirty years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't even born yet, and people were still getting loans. <laughs> so that that excites me in itself. Uh, and, and over the years, certainly it, it tweaks. Uh, the SBA has what's called SOP guidelines, and the SOP guidelines are followed by every bank in the United States. I don't care if it's FDIC insured or if it's just a, a, a little community bank or if it's a non-FD lending bank. Everyone has to follow the standard operating procedures for the SBA, which is the federal government and the United States Treasury Department. So with that being said, they're giving incentives for people to go out and open businesses. 60% of employment is done through the small businesses in the United States. That's an amazingly high number, and I believe it's going to be even higher uh, when we go back and start looking at 2020. And 2021 is going to be fantastic because more and more people uh, have decided to go out and open their own business. Let, let's be honest. And, and the government is there to help that. That's why every major lending institution out there looks at SBA loans first. One, we like getting a guarantee from the government. Two, it's easier for us to figure out and work whatever franchise that they want and the amount of monies that they need to open the business. And we know what the guidelines are. We explain it, and the, we explain and educate. Once again, I'm going back to the educational part of it about how the SBA works and how we work hand-in-hand hand with the SBA, but it's the bank's money. So once everybody – I like to call it uh, 
if you look back at your school days for anybody who remembers, we used to have 101 class, 102, and 103. And that was your beginners, your medium, and, and, and now all the, at the end, now you know everything. And that's what we do. First Financial does it for sure. I can't speak for every other lender in the country. But and with that process, they learn and, and are more successful because now they understand what the SBA is all about. And in a banking term, not going on to Google and reading SBA because it's very confusing. Uh, I've done it myself. And like I said, I've been doing this for many, many years and it confuses me. Uh, so that SBA portion is what helps put so many businesses in business or expands their businesses or lets them upgrade their, their business over mm -hmm. an amazing period of time to repay it back, which I'm sure we're going to get into here shortly. But the SBA portion and understanding it, it is prominent and it can be confusing. There is definitely a lot of paperwork, but most lending institutions, especially First Financial, helps you. We have our own, we call them technical support people that help you with the paperwork. We can't physically do it for you, but we sure can read it and review it and understand it. So mm -hmm. the shortest way to explain the SBA is what I just did. Uh, there's many facets of it because there's many programs. Uh, and there's even more programs now because of the corona and trying to recover from the devastation that the country has, has went through. But I'm not going to touch base on those particular programs in this podcast. So I'm hoping, Sam, that that kind of answers everything. Yeah, no, very helpful. Uh, and you hit on something there. I, I yeah, I've heard that applying for an SBA loan is difficult and can be time-consuming. Uh, how how do you help in that regard? Uh, well, it, it's pretty simplistic. First of all, we once we make initial contact with somebody, uh, there's there's we try to pre-qualify people first, not only to help the franchisor and the coach, but so the client understands what they're capable of being able to acquire a loan for. So our first step in the, is to what we consider the pre-qual, which is really simplistically filling out three different forms. And from there, we can review and go over with the client and say, okay, we're going to issue what's called a letter of interest, or we're going to say no. I hate to, I hate to say no, but in some cases, you have to because they don't meet the, the minimum requirements that are needed for the government loans. But if we say yes, we issue what's called a letter of interest. It's for discussion purposes only because it hasn't been fully underwritten. But from there, the client knows what kind of down payment I would like, what the term is, what the rate is. Am I looking for collateral or am I not? Uh, what kind of prepayment is? What would the monthly payment be? What would the interest be? We explain everything to them. We put it to them in writing. And then we take a step back until they can get with their coach or they can get with their franchise, however they got to First Financial, and, and 
put and lay their program out for them so they can engage and become a franchisee. Once they become the franchisee, then we re-engage with them and start the process. We set up share files for people. They download all their information into it. First Financial has two certified CPAs on staff and one forensic accountant on staff. We know the answers. We know the questions people are going to ask us before they even ask us, to be honest. But with our staff, we also have your technical support person that's with you through the whole process. Once you're physically approved for the loan, when you're ready to be approved, not the pre-approval, but approved, once that happens, then you're assigned your own closing officer to help you close the loan to get all the information that still may be required. So we're hands-on from the origination stage, but let me rephrase it. We're hands-on from the pre-approval stage to the origination stage, through all the paperwork stage, and while you're looking for locations, if you need it, if it's a home-based business, it's completely different. And then we're with you up until all the way through the closing of the loan. And you're not talking to just one person. You're talking to multiple staff people who are departmentalized. So I'm not a closing person. Uh, I'm an originator. I have been doing this many years, like we talked about, but I don't close loans because I have closing people who do nothing but close loans. If I got involved in it, we'd never close the loan. I'm kidding. That's a joke, of course, but it would take us longer because I don't know how to do that. Uh, So we keep our departments, everybody in its place. The closing person never goes to origination. Origination never goes to closing. Uh, And it works much easier. And it's a safer method. And it does speed things up. But let's touch base just a little bit on time frame. It depends on the loan model that we're looking at, which I'll discuss that in a little bit when Pam, would you ask me those questions? But Mm -hmm. the average SBA, let's call it a 7A loan. Uh, If you're getting a location and, and you have to have the location for the franchise or the mom and pop, it takes, it, it depends on the time that it takes the client to acquire things that are needed. An SBA loan realistically can close anywhere from 30 to 90 days. And that could be any loan amount from 75000 up to $10 million. But it comes down to the client being able to access and get the information that's needed for the particular project that's going on. We have added time onto the loans on closing, but that's due once again to Corona because a lot of states and municipalities and courthouses are closed down. People can't get permits, they can't get this, they can't get that, and it has slowed the process down. There is no doubt. Uh, But realistically, in in our normal frame, once we're out of what the country is out of, it's anywhere from a 30 to 90 day window to physically close and fund an SBA loan. And that would be either an Express, uh, an SLA-2, or a 7A. The 504 loans take a little bit longer. 
and I will go over those shortly. The 504s take longer because it's the purchase of a building or land or building a building on land. So those are a little more intense and take a little bit longer. The main thing about SBA is it's a lot of paperwork, and that's why it takes time. But once again, that's why you have a technical support person to help you because it's not the first time they've seen the paperwork. It's multiple, multiple, multiple times. And on top of that, I try to keep the tech support person within the scenario of the franchises that they're accustomed to working with. So we work with, I think, 700 different franchises right now. Our groups are keyed for 40 or 50 of this brand, 40 or 50 of these. So they know what they are ahead of time. They know who to talk to at the franchise. If they don't, they call the coach. We figure it out. So I try to keep them active within the groups. Now, if it's a new franchise and, and we haven't seen it yet, then obviously we we have to take the steps and read the FDDs and do all the things that we, we need to do to understand it. And then we store assigning a tech person that I will teach about the franchise or Cindy would teach or Michael or whoever it may be. So uh, I hope I answered that one. You did. And, and something that you hit on there real quick, Dan, if you could briefly kind of explain the different types of you know, the loans, like you mentioned, the 7A, right? Okay. The SBA Express sure. working, sure. the SLA2, what, you know, what each one of those mean briefly. Uh, okay. Let's start with the SBA Express loan. Uh, we're probably the largest funder in the Express loan model. 56% of all of these loans that are funded are done by First Financial. Uh, I started this program. Uh, I have to say about 10 years ago, uh, maybe even 11 years, to be perfectly honest with you, the Express is a very simplistic loan. It can be used for home-based businesses. It can be used for uh, a business that needs a location. It can be used for startups, which is probably, uh, of all the loans we do, I would say 95% of them are startup businesses looking for express loans. And that model goes anywhere from $75,000 to $150,000. It's called express because it's quick, it's easier, there's less paperwork, and you can use it for a franchise or a non-franchise. These loans traditionally are approved within about two days. Once we pre-approve you, if you choose to move forward, we score you out within two days. Within that, we're scoring you through our algorithm program, and we're also scoring it through the SBA's algorithm program. So we already know what we're, what we're looking for and what we have to do. They fund quicker because we're not looking for collateral on these type of loans. So realistically, up to $150,000 express loan, what we're looking for is whoever owns, whoever's operating the business or who owns the LLC or sub S, they will personally guarantee that loan, but it never appears on their personal credit. It's called off the balance sheet accounting. Uh, it's not like a home mortgage or a, a credit card or a car. It 
doesn't appear because we're loaning the money to the entity that is set up to operate this business. It's very popular because there are so many different franchises out there that really don't cost more than 150 and some that maybe cost 160 or 180 and we still figure out ways to use the express loan to make it happen. So it's been a, a very big loan product. To give you a great example, in 2020, even with everything going on, we funded $57 million just in express loans. 500 and I think it was 509 businesses we put in business on the express loan model, funded them, actually got their money and did it. So it's a great model if you're looking for not as much money, which a lot of people are because they're keeping their jobs uh, until the business gears up and starts to make money. So it gives them something out there added. So they don't have to worry about getting laid off or, or seeing all these different things happen. So that product is very prominent. Uh, Cindy Watson, the co-owner, actually runs and handles that department. So, And she does a fantastic job, her and her team. The next one is, we call it the dream loan. It's really an SLA2 product. But it's, we like the dream loan because it's kind of a dream for people. And it basically, it mirrors the express loan except for the dollar amount. It's any loan that's $151,000. And I know this sounds strange, but SBA guidelines, if you go over 150, the model changes what they're asking us to get. And then once again, it goes back to the SOPs and we have to follow their standard operating procedures. So with the dream, it's 151 to $350,000. We see a huge market within the dream loan product for two different things. One is for startup, obviously. Uh, not every franchise is $150,000 to open. So the dream loan comes into play because once again, it's a quicker model. Uh, it, it, these normally take anywhere from 45 to 60 days to close. But remember, we're going from 151 to 350. They're pretty much following the same as the Express, except for the government ask us to look at collateral on these type of loans. Collateral to us is different. Each bank has its own guidelines that they choose to follow when it comes to collateralization. Uh, we are primarily a real estate bound collateral. <clears throat> We're not going to take your stocks, real bonds, your artwork, your cars. We want you to have your money when you need it for your business or for your personal. What we look at is, is real estate side. So to make it simplistic, the way the guideline reads from the, the federal government, for us to get your guarantee from the government on a loan, when it hits the dream loan model and the rest that are coming forward, if you have real estate and you have more than 20% equity available within your real estate, we're required to put a position lien on it via a first, a second, or even a third. 
Every bank has to follow that, unfortunately, if we want to guarantee. If you don't have equity, then we don't have to use that guideline, obviously. But that's one of the only differences between the express and the dream is when it comes down to collateralization. And it's not a deal breaker if you don't have real estate. So I don't want people to think it is. But if you do, we have to ask. We have to say, we need this if you want to move forward. so that's, it's a big factor for people, especially a husband and wife, to discuss. But once again, the loan, you know, it takes a little bit longer to close it because we're looking at different things now. Now we're looking at a bigger franchise. We're looking at a location that must be, you know, in 90% of the case here, you're going to have to have a brick and mortar for it. So we, we have to look at all that, see what the construction costs, because within these next two models, I'm going to talk to you about the loans. We're going to look at a series of things for you. We're going to look at mm-hmm. covering most of your franchise agreement for you, whatever that dollar amount may be. We're going to look at all your build-out costs to build the location out and fit it out for what you need to operate. We're going to look at the equipment and the inventory that you're going to need. And on top of that, we're going to be putting working capital in for you to be able to operate the business from the working capital that we're giving you. And we look at their their franchises, FDDs, uh, and we determine what it is. Or we look at if it's a mom and pop, and we get with the mom and pop and say, okay, what's your payroll? What's your marketing? What's your rent? What's that? And then we, we estimate what the working capital is going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. First Financial tends to give more in working capital than what the FDD states, uh, just because we do not want anybody to go in undercapitalized. But we do leave it up to the individual client if they would like to take more or not. So we're not forcing anybody to do it. But we kind of show you the numbers and see what it is and what it should be. But once again, the dream loan is fantastic for the startups. But it's where we're seeing the big upflux right now is in acquisitions or buying an existing business. Uh, a lot of people have been in the in different industries for many, many years now, and they basically want out. And they're smaller businesses that, that they built up. And this loan has been prominent in a lot of franchises who are trying to resell. So that's the dream loan. That's the two facets of what that loan is about. You could apply as an existing business for working capital as well up to that 350 mark. But most people don't. Most people would come back and just use the express loan and take the 150. Very seldom does a business need that much cash uh, to operate the business. So that would be the dream. Uh, Now I'm going to go into what's called the SBA 7A. This won't take as long because it's very similar to the dream loan. The only difference is it goes from 300 to $5 million. The 7A, we use a lot on the bigger franchises. The ones that are cost a hundred, or let's, I rephrase that, I'm sorry, cost from a million dollars up. And there are quite a few of them out there that we, uh, that we do financing for. 
Um, so some of them actually go up to five million just for the f- one franchise because of the building and everything else that's going on. Those loans average pretty much like the dream loan, except for there's a lot more information to gather because the loan size is bigger. We will look for collateral uh, terms of everything in that nature. All, I, I didn't discuss this, but just so everyone knows, the terms of all of these loans are 10-year terms. All of them are 10, no prepayment penalty. So we as the lender do not care if you pay us off in a year, three years, or five years, or take it for the whole 10. Whatever you decide, we minus the interest, and we release the lien on the business. So I do apologize for getting, for getting that, but they all are that term. Once again, we will, you know, we offer letters of interest on all of these types of loans. So you actually know what you would qualify for. The 7A is basically, like I said, the same as the dream. We look at the collateral. It's the 10-year term. The difference with the 7A is we kind of look for more of a cash injection. So I want everybody to understand what that means. We're, let's say somebody, let's just pick a number and somebody wants a million dollar loan, okay? And we're, we're willing to do it. We're going to come back to them and we're going to say, okay, everything looks good. We want you to put a cash injection in of 10 to 20% of whatever the loan amount is. We want them to have some actual money into this loan. Because it's a bigger loan, we want to see how they're going to do with it. The difference is, is we will minus the franchise fee. So let's say whatever the franchise is, and they and it's fifty thousand dollars. Let's say we want one hundred and fifty injection. Then we're only asking them to come to the table with a hundred because they've already paid the franchise their money. So in terms, we're actually financing it for them. But the big, you know, the seven A. We're looking at the same thing. We're looking at whatever the working capital is going to be, whatever the equipment cost is going to be, the FF&E, the inventory, the working capital, uh, you name it, we're going to include it within this loan. Uh, And the bigger tickets, the 7As, this is really SBA 102, but we're providing additional monies for you for contingencies in case the project does go over cost. And we're also doing a lot of interest-only payments because we're going through the construction stage. Very seldom any 7A loans, unless it's an acquisition of a business that's already opened and has a location, uh, that would be the only time that there wouldn't be interest-only involved because most of these loans on the startup side, we're doing a lot of construction for leasehold improvement for the client. Mm-hmm. So they can turn key and open the business. The 7A is, is a huge model with every lender across the country. You do have to personally guarantee it, but it, once again, never appears on your personal credit. At least that's our banking practices. I can't speak for every lending institution in the country. These loans are used most of the time is this is the on the 7a side for the bigger ticket stuff it, it's it's easier and remember we're still getting our guarantee from the government no matter what so that's why the, we like the sba side 
on on the much bigger loans as well, because now we have a little bit of a cushion to make us look at it more because we know the government's going to give us that guarantee. And I'm going to discuss the guarantee real quickly with everybody. We're not sure what's going to change. So as of as of September 31st, 2021, this is how it's going to be. Uh, this is still operating under the $900 billion Congress plan. This has nothing to do with the $1.9 trillion plan because there's not a lender out there yet that understands how it's going to change or what's going to be done. None of us know yet. But under the $900 billion plan, uh, the federal government, as long as, as long as you close your loan by September 31st of 2021, the government will waive all of their SBA closing fees, which is a substantial amount of money. It's 4% of what your loan amount is. The government's waiving it. They normally collect that money from the client uh, and use for loans that do go bad, but they're not collecting it and they're not going to be. The government is also making three months of your actual principal plus interest payments for you. It was six. They've just changed it to three about a month ago. Uh, We understand why, uh, but that's what they've decided. Uh, The money is going quicker than anticipated. So they thought if they dropped it from uh, six months to three, it will give us more of a lifeline, which it has. So that's the SBA guarantee side on all three of these loan products. And I wanted to discuss it so everybody understands that there are some substantial benefits right now with the SBA. They're wonderful. Yeah, you haven't seen you know, very seldom have I ever seen anything like this. Uh, I didn't even right. see anything like this back in 2008 with the financial mm-hmm. crisis. So these these three products are fantastic for it. Now, Pam, the only other one I have, and I'd like your expertise on it, is is the 504. Would you like me to go uh-huh. into those type as well? You kind of touched upon that one earlier. So I, I think you really hit on the primary ones that most of our liner, uh, listeners would be interested in. Um, yeah. I think as a good next topic, I would like to have you speak to the advantages of an SBA loan versus other funding methods such as using retirement savings. Um, okay. Obviously, there are different investment okay. strategies. You know, What do you think the advantages are of using an SBA loan versus other funding methods? Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to give my personal view on this. Uh, okay. I understand there's other ways to to acquire funds. Uh, I'm from an old school where leverage was always the key to power, uh, as far as I was concerned. And I came from a family of entrepreneurs, and borrowing funds to operate your business as long as it can handle the debt service. Is, is a very good way to grow your business, okay? The reason I feel the SBA has that aspect is because of the guarantees. Now, there's different types of loans. There is conventional loans. Conventionals nowadays are very hard to get other than a mortgage. Let's not talk about homes. Let's talk about opening a business. I offer conventional loans, but the only conventional loans I offer are if people are buying a building. 
pretty much every lending institution in the country that I know of, because I have a lot of friends, are not looking at conventional loans. And if we do, they're completely different. A conventional mm-hmm. loan, if it's a startup business, we're going to be asking a client to come to the table with 30 or 35% cash injection for whatever the loan is. I call it cash injection. You guys could call it down payment if you like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same term, just a different word. Uh, also, with a conventional model loan, it has a balloon period. So if you're buying a building, if you're not, at the end of five years, we're going to come back to you and we want paid off or you're going to have to refinance it again. Whereas with an SBA loan, you do not have to. It's a principal plus interest loan for the 10-year period. And if you take it for the full 10 at the end of the 10, it's yours. When you're doing conventionals, they amortize them over 10 to 15, some cases 20 years if there's a building or 25, but your monthly payment reflects that. But at the end, you you will owe a huge balloon note. Normally, it's five years, but sometimes we extend it to seven if there's property involved where you're buying a building. So Mm -hmm. you don't see that many people wanting to do it. And the other factor on the conventional is we're going to want collateral, 100% collateral, because now we don't have what? We don't have that guarantee from the federal government. And that guarantee goes anywhere from 75% to 90%. So we don't have that if something were to happen now. So we're going to look for as much collateral And when I say we're, every bank is going to look for as much personal collateral in real estate, or in some cases, like I said, other banks look at other things as well, as we can get to secure the loan uh, to make sure that credit accepts it and, and our board accepts it to hold it on the books. It's that simplistic. So those are out there, far and few, but they are out there. Uh, Existing businesses, have a better shot at, at uh, conventional loans as, as long as they've been open for you know a good period of time and are showing a great uh, balance sheet, to be honest. But the, the funny thing is about that is if you have a great balance sheet, you're really not looking for a loan. So it's kind of a catch-22 scenario on the conventional side. Uh, mm-hmm. The next one is it Pam had mentioned to me are, are the rollovers. Uh, it's a, usually it's a 40, uh, you're rolling over 401 or you're taking your IRA monies out of your retirement account and you're using that to basically self-fund your business. Uh, there's methods called, there's methods out there called, they call it the rollover and it's set in place for you to be able to tap into your retirement account through what's called a sub C corporation and, and take your own money and fund your business. Uh, we offer these. I'll be perfectly honest. The only time I do these if a client needs to take money from the rollover for some type of his down payment for his regular SBA loan. A lot of people nowadays don't keep a lot of cash in their checking and savings accounts, so they have it in their retirement. 
if you're not 62 and a half years old, uh, you're, you can actually touch the money at 59 and a half, but you're got to pay a little penalty. At 62, you do not have to pay the penalties on the money. If you were just to take it out, if you do the rollover, there is no penalty, but you're using your own money. Uh, quite a few people do rollovers. I, I see it uh, quite a bit within the express loan type of people, the, the 150s. I don't see many people taking $2 million out of their retirement account to start a business, but I do see people taking it for the ones who want to purchase the franchises that are 50 to maybe $150,000. I have no problem with doing it, to be honest. It's really up to the individual client. I'm never going to tell a client, don't take your own money. I mean, that's entirely, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really for people who don't want it that service. They don't want that monthly payment. And if they can afford to do it, then then it's a win-win situation for them. There, there is no doubt about it. Uh, it's just I don't see as many people asking to do it because the loan products are easier to get now. They know the government's uh, – I like to call it the government's throwing money around like there's no tomorrow. And they are right now. <laughs> They are. Let's be honest. We're uh, the old saying is we're printing money we don't have. So yes, it's not a great thing, but it's a wonderful thing for people who want to go out and open a business or expand their business because everybody's a little freer right now. I, I know people think it's the opposite, but it is not the opposite. As long as you fit inside the box, we call it a box. It's a square box. You're getting money right now. It's that simple. Uh, yes, it takes time, but you're getting it. Uh, once again, on the rollover, it's much easier. Uh, you're not guaranteeing anything. You're you're getting your own money. Uh, you, we're yeah. we're setting up corporations for you. We're incorporating your sub C. We're doing all this work uh, so you can tap into your money whenever you want to tap into it. So it's always an option for people who choose to have no debt service. So I, I, it's a lengthy thing to explain. So I don't want to go over all the legalities of a rollover, but there is information available. We have information available on it. And we have our own division that solely does nothing but rollovers that can explain it one-on-one -on -one to each and every individual person. So I'm, I'm well, I, hoping Pam that answered that. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Thank you for that, Dan. And um, we're coming up on top of the hour here, so uh, we're going to have to wind down. But I do want to just say you have been a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> no pun intended there. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Very happy to, yeah, very happy to have you on the show. Uh, you know, and, and I do want to just tell our listeners, you know, and, and kind of like Dan alluded to early on in the interview, it's, it really is a team approach. And uh, when you're considering a franchise, you know, that's why a lot of um, aspiring entrepreneurs, they turn to certified franchise consultants like myself to help them navigate these waters. You know, first things first, let's, let's identify what we're looking for in a business. Let's identify what is going to be our funding strategy. Uh, let's identify the, the appropriate team to help you navigate those waters and achieve your, your goal and dream of becoming a business owner. Um, with that being said, um, I do want to thank our listeners. I also want to thank Dan for, for sharing about the funding aspects 
of what it means uh, to take advantage of SBA loans and become a, a franchise business owner. As you all know, I do specialize in helping aspiring entrepreneurs and investors who are considering franchise ownership. Uh, like my, like Dan there, I have over 25 years of being in the franchise community, mm-hmm. and I'm very confident uh, that we can find a franchise that aligns for you. We can also find the appropriate funding strategy to put you in a strong position for success. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and sign off here. And um, again, thank you to all of our listeners. I also want to say thank you to our sponsors, uh, Franchise.City, uh, Better Way to Buy a Franchise, FranServe, a world's largest franchise broker association or franchise consultant association. Uh, and please do not hesitate to reach out to us if this is something you want to seriously pursue. Again, the Franchise Business Radio Show is founded on the mission to have a platform to bring business professionals together to connect, educate, and collaborate, serve the franchise community, and those considering franchise ownership. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at FranchiseBusinessRadio.com. Dot com.